you can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle, we don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning, download the app, give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to another episode of Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnson with Heather Shoemaker. How are you doing, Heather? I'm doing well. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing great, except I feel so overscheduled lately. There's so many activities going on, and I'm running back and forth and this and that. And You ever feel that way? <laughs> well, you must know that we're going to talk about activities today. <laughs> I and do. being scheduled and overscheduled and what it means for both the parents and the kids. Um, you know, in addition to writing these It's Okay books, I also write life stories. I don't know if you know this, but um, I do oral histories for families and nonprofits primarily where I uh, interview people, maybe the matriarch or patriarch of a family, and capture their family's oral history and then write it down in a book and stick the photos in and all that good stuff. So one of the people I was interviewing lately who's in her 90s was telling me a story about her girlhood. And what struck me is is how in those days it was the parents who did the dancing and the sports and the kids who were dragged along to watch on the sidelines. <laughs> so so mom and dad are going to the... Well, they were going curling and they were going dancing. Yeah. And all the young parents were um, um, you know, doing these activities in the town. It was a uh-huh. mining town. And the kids, you know, they had to go out in the evening because their parents did these things. <laughs> and so then they just played with the other kids. So, but it was the parents' priority. You know, it, was a, it was a different shift. The, the priority was on the parents and on their activities. And the kids went along, and then, of course, they got to do free play while the parents were busy doing their extracurriculars. That sounds delightful. And how far we've come since then. You know, it's completely flip-flopped. And what's interesting is that if the parents are on the sidelines watching the baseball game or the soccer game or the dance class or whatever it is, they may be chatting, but they're not. And, you know, you get some adult camaraderie going. It can be very pleasant. But you're not totally getting your full needs met. You're not. The kids on the sidelines in the old days were getting their needs met. They're, yeah. they're playing. Whereas the adults are sitting on their bottoms and wishing maybe they were doing something else. And so how do we get to this point where where children not only are spending their whole day in school or preschool, their whole evening is spent running from one activity to the next. Uh, the, the amount of free play in a child's life has plummeted over the last 20 years. How, how do we get to this point where it's go, 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 do, do, do? Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I think these two topics are linked together. One is the, the scheduling of, of life, of family life, and um, overscheduling of it. And the other is the shift of priority from the parents being the focus of the household to the children being the focus and sometimes the exclusive focus of the household. Yeah, they Well, they are cute. That they got that going for them. But how, how 
it, I mean, I don't know. I don't know many parents. There are some who are taking a pottery class, or they, or they sing in a choir. You know, they do something fun, or they have a basketball team. There's parents might be able to fit in one thing they like to do, but on the whole, they're busy driving their kids around to taekwondo and flute lessons and dance class. You know, it, the whole list of things people it, do, and it's this assumption that the kids need to be able to develop all these parts of themselves. And yet the adults, you know, they they shouldn't be indulging in such sort of selfish or uh, yeah, it, it's entertainment the, type thing. It's the it's the cult of the child where where we 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 fetishize their youth and and want them to have these perfect childhoods, and it's a uh, it's detrimental to our own well being as the adults. In, we need to have in a those households, of the pie. yeah, yeah. I, I, I talk about to be able to take an art lesson or you know do something, but we can't because it's the kids' art lesson. Yeah, I, I, I talk about this in the burnout sessions that I do. That that we as adults, whether we're professional caregivers or quote unquote just parents, we've got to make time for for our own stuff once in a while because if we're constantly, constantly, constantly taking care of the people around us and we're not doing anything to fill ourselves up. We aren't very good at the other stuff, and I, I, I talk to so many parents that are so drained with all the, I mean, there's multiple calendars, there's the calendar on the refrigerator, and everybody's got one on their phone, and, and you've got to synchronize everybody's activities, and it's just, it's overwhelming and exhausting, and it's not, I guess the people that are being paid to host the activities are are benefiting but for for the family structure there's not a whole lot of good coming of it is there well there can be it depends on how much i think and how young and how specialized so here's here's some topics to dive in with activities because you know my my family has activities we, uh-huh. we do some soccer we do some dance you know but not everything all at once um so we try not to pile everything on <laughs> try to do one thing and then have a lot of days where there's just downtime um, and weekends, we try to have no plans whatsoever, which is uh, we achieve most uh. of the time. So they can just play. Um, but one thing that's happening with activities is they're um, happening younger and younger. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, on the soccer fields, they have the itsy-bitsy little goals that for the three- and four-year-olds <laughs> to play on teams. And they're teeny little goals. But one parent who um, had his four-year-old playing said, well, my son just loves to run, so we signed him up for soccer. And I was thinking, <laughs> okay, your son loves to run. Well, let him run. You I know, there's knew- a park. <laughs> just open the door. And- <laughs> yeah. So it's the thought of, okay, this, this child has a skill, and I must develop it. There was another mother who, who was just distraught because somebody, had, uh, somebody who was quite a good musician had told her that her three- or four-year-old had excellent rhythm and that he should take a, a specialized drum class. <sighs> And and she was saying, oh, should I? This would be a great opportunity, but it would mean, you know, all this r- driving around. And and I was thinking, he's four. <laughs> you know, if he has exceptional rhythm, it will be there into the future. And we're not going to make or break his musical career by having drum lessons, private drum lessons at age four. Um, it made me think about George Gershwin and, and other, you know, really exceptional musicians and composers who... In, in, in Gershwin's case, he never even heard any piece of classical music until he was 10. 
and then he, later, soon after, he he started taking lessons and and performing and composing. But you don't have to have everything start when you're three, four, five, six, seven. Things can come later. It's okay to wait. Yeah. So there 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 is this feeling of of rush, 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 and I think there's also a bit of one-upsmanship there too that. Everybody else in the neighborhood is in this thing, and I need to – keeping up with the Joneses, I need to have my child in this because everybody else is, or I'm going to be left behind if they're not taking music lessons because that's going to go on their permanent record or whatever it is. It's it just – childhood's become for, – for a lot of parents, the childhood – their children's childhood has become a competition. Uh and, and I think there's also, when we're trying to support our kids, um, you know, sometimes kids will request something and they really want to do something. And I think it's fine. You know, okay, you know, one of my kids really wanted to dance. He requested dance classes when he was four. Uh-huh. And, I was, and he kept on and on about it. So I thought, okay, he really wants to do this. Um, and so eventually we put him in a creative music uh, movement class long before I would have thought of an activity for him. And he liked it. And then he was done. So um, I think that we need to – sometimes kids – we have to remember that they're still in their identity-forming ages. They're, they're going to be forming their identity about themselves for years and years and years. So we have to let them know it's okay to take something and stop because a lot of personalities, probably my own included, are the kind that once you start something, you start playing violin or you start playing trumpet or whatever it is, or you start playing basketball, that's what you do. Uh-huh. You know, your favorite color is blue, you have brown hair, and you, you, know, you have a dog, and you play basketball, and it becomes part of your identity. And so then it's hard for the kids to disengage from that and realize that, well, they liked it, but they don't have to always do the same thing because then what happens is kids pile on another activity and then another, and they don't let go of one, um, or they feel that they can't stop. And it should be a time of exploration, but I think there's a lot of pressure to go up to the next level. To, okay, yeah. well, next year you'll be in the, the blue team instead of the red team and so on. And, uh, stepping back and allowing them to, to sample things, it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard. Sample and take a break. Yeah, it's, it's hard for adults. And, and you know, when you, you know, your child plays soccer for three or four years and they enjoy it, but they're not great at it, but they're having fun and they're with their friends and they decide they're good, they want to do something else. For a lot of adults, that's, uh, that's, that's more traumatic. The, the I don't want to play soccer next year is more traumatic for the parents than it is for the nine-year-old. Uh, yes, and to remember, they're still just nine. Yeah, you know, this is yeah. Not their, you know, the very few children will become these Olympic athletes, or you know, make this their life career, or maybe they'll come back to it at some point and they'll become a sports coach or something. But it doesn't have to be the be all and end all. And, and stopping and taking breaks is very healthy because if they do love it and this really is something they want to keep doing year after year, they will still want to do it a year from now if you take a year off. Yeah, and so for for with your kids, how how do you go about the deciding of of what what the activities are going to be and what's enough? And is that a family meeting? Is that how 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 do families go about doing this of of bringing well, some balance? I think there, in? Yeah, there's all all kinds of of ways of doing it. We try to be very child led, um, and so dance has come from the kids and. Um, Right now they are doing some soccer, which is why I had the little teeny tiny four-year-old goals on my mind. Because <laughs> they're of an age now where it's, you know, they're playing with the 
fairly big goals, mm-hmm. and the kids actually can uh, keep on uh, keep a game going without everybody bunched around the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I always let them know that it's something um, that, this, that when they want to do something, I say, well, that's going to mean it's going to be pretty busy on Tuesdays for a month. Um, do you want to do that? Do you want to have a busy Tuesday? And we talk about what that will mean. It will be a little less playtime on, on that day or something. Um, and it will mean Saturday mornings you'll have to get out of your pajamas and go to a game. And <laughs> So we talk about the time that it will take. Uh-huh. And if they still seem pretty interested, I'll support their interest in it. But for another season, we're not necessarily going to say, oh, soccer season time to sign up. Um, we just check back in and say, well, do you want to try something else or do you want to take a break and have an easier, you know, more time on your own? It's not assumed that we're going to keep up a pace yeah. of anything. Yeah, you just step back and, and it's all it's all a mindful a mindful interaction with scheduling the time. And, and I think that's that's good for the for the kids to, to learn how to step back and, and do that analysis, because I think way too often we just rush into things because everybody else in the class is doing it. Uh, how, okay. So here's the scenario for you. Family, uh, two kids, mom and dad, uh, lots of activities going on and parents decide they want to pull back and build in some of that playtime, some of that kids out doing stuff and build in some time for adult stuff. How do they, how do they go about making that transition? If it's, if they, have been doing this for the last three or four or five years since their kids were little, and all of their peers are on that path as well, it can be kind of a tricky, hard, challenging thing for them to to pull back, isn't it? Right. Well, (laughs) I think you have to – well, many of these activities will have a season to Uh them. Of course, some of them are starting to go year-round. With traveling teams and – yeah. Yeah, they have – don't let me go off about those. <laughs> um, but but there usually is a an end of a spring something, or then there's a summer session, or so there's usually a cycle, a, a stopping point where you can say, all right, now we're going to stop for a while. I think if a whole family wants to make a transition, it's good to announce it, so it's not coming out of the blue and say, you know, we all need more time to um, play and and be home. So. As a family, we're not going to do what we did last year. And um, and maybe that means going down from three activities each to one activity each, or maybe uh-huh. it goes means from, from one to zero for a time period. But whatever the change is, if it's noticeable enough, I think it's um, respectful to just acknowledge there's going to be a difference. Yeah. For families I know, I know who've done this, there almost seems to be that there sometimes literally is this, <sighs> just this, this decompression feeling where, where you get that first Saturday where you don't have to run to the tournament or the, the, uh, the, the, the match or whatever it is, or, or have three kids going in different directions or it's just, it just feels it feels good to decompress and and just be, and I I think that stillness is is inviting, but I think it's also probably scary for for some families because there are a lot of young families now that that don't know anything but the rush 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 of activities because it's what they grew up with. Right, right, and and probably they 
they are a little bit overscheduled, you know, in their their memories if they if they really looked into it. Um, but I think also the adults are the ones who can handle the scheduledness better than the kids. So always having to get your gear on and get out the door at a certain time. I mean, kids' sense of time is so vague anyway um, that always having to get somewhere at a certain time that in itself can be stressful. Um, whereas adults might find it um, relieves stress to be able to engage in a fun activity. So, you know, w what's it doing for the person? It, maybe the adults should be doing more of these fun things. They're setting, um, setting, setting the kids setting up, the kids, kids should be doing less. Maybe you get a bigger benefit out of it when you're older. But we seem to put all our cards in the first few years or when you get to explore art, music, dance, sports, and then after that you have to be a drudge. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's, it's it's fun being a drudge, isn't it, Heather? Well, no, it's just interesting that every child we feel should learn a musical instrument, for example. But we don't think that about every adult. No, no. I, it, I, I, I think that time that we create for... That, that we create for children when we when we free up the schedule a little bit actually allows them to pay better attention to what they are actually interested in because when they're do 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 doing because it's expected of them or because everybody else is doing it they they don't have a chance to know their likes and dislikes. It takes a little bit of boredom to kind of tune into those things sometime, I guess is what right. I'm getting at. Yeah, it does. And boredom does not have to be something we're scared of. It can be a, a useful thing. I think so. What else do we want listeners to know about this topic? Um, I think just realizing that we can give ourselves permission um, that we're still being good parents if we don't have the kids scheduled in a lot of enrichment because life is enriching itself. So we don't need to, they're not missing out. They're not losing out. In fact, they may be missing out and losing out on the vital skills and, and dreams that they need if we take up too much of their time in a scheduled activity. So tr giving ourselves permission to relax on this topic and to relax our schedules. Yeah. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. And I think that that unstructured time, that unstructured family time, and and hanging out with the neighborhood, and making times for for just humans being together around the the barbecue or the or the backyard uh, kickball game or whatever it is. Those are you're you're getting a lot of the the benefits that uh, that families seem to be missing nowadays. Sometimes. Um, now I just want to clear my afternoon and go sit on my deck. Which, which I'm, which I'm going to do because of you, Heather. This has been oh, another. Oh, good. I get, get blamed again for something. That's <laughs> no, you get credit for this. Um, credit. Okay. I, I did all the, I did all the grown, I did all the adulting I need to do today after, after we're done recording. So, uh, after that, it's, it's going to be playtime in the yard because of Heather. Thank you. Uh, this has been another episode of Renegade Rules. Join us again, probably in a week. We'll be back. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. 
hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. If you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.